Hey everyone, you're listening to InfoQuench with Jeff and Amy, a podcast with tips to make your life easier, covering pop culture, parenting, travel, minimalism, and more. Hey everybody, and welcome to InfoQuench. I'm Jeff. And I'm Amy. And this podcast, wait a minute, we got to talk about something before the podcast. You're darn right we do. A thousand, one thousand, that's the number after 999. One thousand unique downloads individual downloads unbelievable thank you so much for listening everybody it means the world to us we do this because we just have fun okay and you guys you get to reap all the benefits of all the amazing things that we tell you no i'm just joking we thank you for coming along for the ride basically it's like hanging out with friends that are invisible for us that's right. I, I'm no stranger to invisible friends. I had an imaginary friend oh, yes. growing up. Oh, man. You got to tell everybody this invi- individual or uh, invisible uh, friend's name. Well, it's, it was very clever. It's I was very quite clever, clever back then. That it was. I love it. This is just. Well, she looked like me, only yeah. bigger. Oh. So her name was Big Amy. Big Amy. And you, so were you <laughs> little she, Amy or she, were you just Amy? I was just Amy. Oh, man. But she that is lived the in the sewer. Outside, there was a manhole outside our house, and that's where she lived. And did you go visit her and bring her things? Did you put things down I, the sewer? I Offerings? don't remember a lot of details. Wow. I vaguely remember what she looked like. Did Big Amy ever turn on you? <laughs> Not that I remember. Like a Stephen King movie? I don't know when she disappeared. Wow. But uh, she was in my life for a short time. I don't believe I've ever had an individual. Or so what do I say individual? So it was the life of an only child, I guess. Invisible friend. Uh, I could always see my friends. So he has 1,000 downloads. Yes, we thank are you. so psyched. I know yeah. in, again, in, in the land of the podcast, that is not a lot, but... For us, that's huge because this is something that we, well, we yeah. just do to do something creative together as a hobby to enjoy. So the fact that people are listening and enjoying too, well, that just made our oh yeah. So year. Uh, I don't know. I I talked to Amy about having some kind of a fun little like you know um, uh, contest or something when she's shaking her head no. So we're not having a contest. Because uh, I know but, I'm the one who'd have to put together the whole contest. Yeah, all the yeah, but it is a little bit of work. <laughs> and it's back to it? school time. And so. speaking of back to school time, so we had it was up in the air where our son Hux is going to be going up until oh, well, yeah. we just found out Friday this past Friday, and so we're the end of August. So normally, with my OCD brain, I would have been working on school supplies for months. Yes. As soon as the list became available, I would have been looking for sales and such. But because we didn't know which school he was going to, we didn't know what the list was going to be. We so. had no idea. And and what a list it is. It oh was. Oh, my goodness. I, I just have to let you know, I mean, I hate shopping in general. But mm. I, I think that teachers must put like one, like white, like like. You call white it elephant a, or a, a unicorn, unicorn, a unicorn thing on the list. This is the one of the items on the list was a small journal notebook, but that's not it. No, no, no. It gets more and more. It has to be twenty three point one centimeters by eighteen centimeters. No, but not just that. It needs to have seventy two pages. Seventy two. And also half the page uh, has to be blank and the other half interlined. I don't know if that's different than lined. Yeah. I don't know because I don't have a degree in this. That was pretty easy to notebooks. find though when I looked for it. And then the last piece is it also had to be green. Yeah, it had to be green. Yeah, was, it's the green one. So I couldn't find it in my location, but then Jeff went yeah. to the second location was able and to find it. found it right. Well, I, have to, I had to ask and they're like, oh, I know exactly where they're at. And they took me. But that right was there. really bloody specific. 
It was. That yeah. was really bloody specific. He had that same book the, in, for kindergarten as well. It was oh, like, yeah? Yeah, for like doing his Maybe it's a stuff. standard. I mean, we, yeah, we don't a have a lot of experience at this. But you know what? The old campfire notebook was on the list, and that just warmed my yeah cold black school supply heart. You all know it. It's I think it's uh, I don't think it's just uh, Canadian, but it has that Well, Hillroy's sketch. Canadian. It has that sketch of a farmhouse with the with the water in the front and some trees on either side. <laughs> Jeff's looking it's at beautiful. it. He's not doing this all from memory. No. I was trying to look up like the history of it. They've been around, apparently, according to the internet, since the 1950s. I remember having them in my school supplies as a staple. Why is it Why is it a heritage notebook, though? I don't no, understand I don't why it's called that. I don't know people actually just use it for field notes Well, we call campfires. it campfire. But we're, there's nothing on there that says no, it's a campfire. No, but if you look on, if you Google it, there's some old images and they were more campfire-esque. Oh, yes, that's right. I remember that now. Okay. All right. That makes sense. But yeah, it warmed my heart to see it too, actually. I don't know why. Because they are really, really nice, tactile, like, you know, little notebooks to, to write in. It'd yeah. be great well, for poetry. And you know and what? So. I think it's great that teachers just always have that item. I wonder if that's mm. like they have to pledge when they graduate from school to always have that <laughs> item on every supply list. I don't know. <laughs> Hillroy would be happy with that. That's funny. So today's topic is how to talk to kids about difficult topics. Yes, and we have some uh, experience with that mo- uh, pretty recently, you know, yeah. just kind of... We went to a protest, and we won't get into all the, the politics around what the protest was, protest was about, but I realized how many... Well, I didn't realize. I didn't realize until we got there how many questions Huxley would have about what every single sign said, yeah, what every single too, sign so. meant. And, uh, and he wanted to hold a sign, um, which I told him that once he was old enough to understand what a sign meant and what yeah. the message meant, and then he decided for himself whether or not that was a message he wanted to hold up, then he could uh, I'd say that's the a perfect ex- a response to him as well, because then he needs to, like, you know, do a little bit of legwork, learn about these things. Well, yeah, and you He's don't want to explore your can't. kids to just push the message <laughs> that you're, you can't, you're pushing. Yeah, just, you, you can't know, get them to hold do that sign, now. You're cute, people... Pay yeah. attention. But it did make me wonder. I mean, we're always confronted with questions like this as parents, and it's hard. Some of them some of them are a little easier than others. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why you shouldn't steal or something like that. But when your son asks you what misogyny means, things get a little more complicated. <laughs> things get a little more complicated. The sweat starts to flow. You're like, oh, God, how do I approach this? Or we have, you know, if you have somebody that you know who makes um, a racist comment. I just say, an go offhand. ask your mother every time. <laughs> Makes an offhand, uh, you know, a racist comment. And, you know, how do you address that? And, and you know, you want to mm. make sure that you point out that it's not correct and explain all the why. Um, how do you deal with, you know, mass shootings? And mm-hmm. that are there, I mean, they're all over the news. So these are things that we struggle with. So we figure other parents are probably struggling with them as well. So that's why we decided to do a little research and I found a great website. Typically, I go to have to go to a bunch of websites to get good content put together. Mm-hmm. Um, I found one called commonsensemedia.org, which was just a really great resource. Oh. And uh, so a, lo- a lot of the content from this podcast episode is going to draw from their website. Okay. So if you want more details, I encourage you to visit their website because they have done some specific articles on things like uh, maybe speaking specifically about the news or, or other topics. So, you know, in the age of having news everywhere, it's hard to protect our kids mm-hmm. from it. So we have to find ways to discuss it. 
And we want to make sure that our kids feel safe. It's true. Like uh, it, we want to teach them about the world. Like one of the topics that you just mentioned was like the the uh, the shootings in the United States in the schools and stuff. I mean, he's only six, but he sees this stuff on on the TV every once in a while. I mean, we don't put it on for him to watch, but sometimes it is on because you never know when something like that's going to happen. And uh, he asked some pretty heavy duty questions that uh, needed to be answered. And it, yeah, how do you approach that with a six-year-old, right? Anyway, I just... Well, no, and I, I, my thoughts exactly. So this website stresses that, you know, you, you need to teach your kids how to gather and interpret information, how to ask questions, and, you know, as they grow older, how to cross-check their sources so that they can grow into being critical thinkers, mm-hmm. not just accept, you know, what's fed to them. Um because there are so many sources of information coming at them. So it's always a good idea to, as with anything, consider your child's age, what, what the devel- developmental stage they're at um, is, and use that to sort of guide how you have your conversations. Right. And, I mean, kids absorb information differently uh, at different ages, and you want to make it age appropriate. So we're always going to start with the youngest ages, ages um they range at two to six uh, in the particular article that I looked at. And so our son is just moving out of this age group. They don't really have a lot of life experience at this point. So they don't understand complex and difficult topics. So abstract things like misogyny, <laughs> cause and effect, <laughs> can be really hard. Their whole center of the world is around their primary relationships, like their relationships with their mom and their dad and their grandparents or siblings. So that's what they tend to focus on. They focus on how things affect those people in their lives. The people closest to them. Right. Right. And they're sensitive to, you know, our emotions, their parents' emotional states. Um, Yeah. If they see us worried, they worry that they've done something to make us upset. Right. So reassuring them continually uh, is important. So at that age, it's very easy to manage media exposure. And this particular website does encourage you to do that. I don't know that we've always been the best at that. I think a lot of times we are when there's a major event happening, you know, in the world news, we often have the television on and we're following it, whether it's a hurricane, whether it's a shooting or, um, you know, we usually try to get Hux to, to do something else to distract him. But I mean, yeah. there's still there's still that exposure there. Um, I mean, if there's full on violence, we we usually are pretty good at getting the television turned off. But yeah, he, I mean, they listen and they take in a lot more than 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 you realize. Um, so keeping the news at bay at a young age, you know, limiting exposure, um, choosing media that's you know appropriate to their age is yeah no fox news kind of thing yeah yeah fox news (laughs) we don't have fox news i don't think and reassure them you know that they're safe if they do see something if they hear about something at school if they hear about shootings um, reassure them that they're safe that mommy and daddy are safe the family is safe and address their feelings um you know let them know that it's okay to be scared or sad or confused that it's natural um, those are feelings that validate. we all have. You got to validate those feelings because so that they know that they're real. You and know, let them and know how okay you feel, to feel about something too. Yeah. It's okay to let them know that something upsets you and that you don't always understand why people do right. the things they do. Um, find out what they know, you know, ask them, ask them first, like what, because they, you may be surprised at how much they actually already understand before you yeah. try to jump into explaining something to them and try to break down things very simply. So like for something like a violent, a violent crime, um, you might say someone used a gun to shoot people. Um, 
These are some specific mm. examples from the mm -hmm. website for hate crimes. They might say some, you might say some groups of people still aren't treated equally or fairly mm -hmm. um, for rape, which is a very difficult, I, I you know, child, you, you just keep it simple that a man um, hurt a woman um, or it could have been, you know, a, a man hurt a man or something yeah. like that. But just that one person hurt another person. Do you get more um, specific as the ages Increase, yeah, so course, I'm going yeah. to go through a little bit how it, mm. how it sort of evolves Excellent. as kids get older. And be conscious of your own biases. And I'm, I, I know that I've become even more aware of this. I think as a culture, we're becoming more aware of this. But, you know, we all have them. You know, it's important right. for us to say when we're describing something to our kids to say man, woman, girl, not fat guy or homeless person yeah. or or pretty little girl or yeah. uh, describe somebody based on skin color or ethnicity unless it has something that's relevant to the issue right you know that's when you might mention um you know somebody's ethnicity or sexual identity their weight or financial status if it's relevant to the issue but not as a you know just a standard of explaining something right. it, when it's uh not pertinent um, using vocabulary and ideas with and relationships with things that they're familiar with. So if somebody is, you know, I don't know, being charged with theft or something on television, you can say, you know, do you remember when someone stole your bike? Or, oh, right. Or relate it to something yeah. that they've experienced themselves so that they understand. Bring it back, bring it into something. Bring it into their, their world, world so that they yeah. can understand it a little bit more clearly. And using basic terms like mad and sad and afraid happy rather than you know really complex emotions that they may not understand and yeah. they're not going to understand mental illness at that at that age um you can say somebody was angry too much or confused and needed help um you know and just communicate to your kids that there's someone in charge you know say mommy and daddy will make sure nothing bad happens to our family or the police will catch the the bad guy mm -hmm. um Give them some... You have to give them some kind of reassurance insurance. that, you know, they are safe. It's hard because I struggle with that too. Because, I know. I mean, it's not, there's a, not a, that's not always true. Well, that's not always true at all. We, the people we're, who we're sometimes to... this happens to aren't safe. They think that they're safe just like we would if we were, you know, in a situation. And then you, you, there's, it's just so out of your control. It's not even funny. But you don't want to tell that to a kid. You don't want to say, oh, like, this could happen anywhere, anytime. <laughs> and they're just like, is it going to happen now? <laughs> I know. Like, you know. I'm laughing because it is a struggle. It is. You, it's a struggle of wanting to be truthful with your kids, but also you want to protect them by making sure that they're knowledgeable of what the risks are in the world. But you also don't want to scare the crap out of them. No. By, by telling It's a them fine them. line for sure. And yeah. So then when they get to a little bit older, <clears throat> it changes a bit. So ages 7 to 12 is sort of the next next age group the tweens where they have a little bit more abstract thinking skills um more experience they're able to express themselves better mm -hmm. they're able to understand more difficult topics and it's a time when they're also starting to sort of separate from their parents oh a little part of my yeah. heart just broke yeah just be just becoming <laughs> a little bit more independent and but moving yeah, they're going into, into puberty world. and they're interacting with media more independently Big time. so they may have yeah. access you know to a telephone to, 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 telephone <laughs> listen to me to a telephone <laughs> they might call somebody up and, and ask about the telephone. media 
If it's not, the, they'll find a phone booth. It's like the British that have telephones. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, but, you know, violent video games, they may come in contact with um, pornography or, um, you know, just other distressing news or online hate speech or mm-hmm. bullying. So they need to be able to discuss these things with you without feeling um, shame or embarrassment. So that's a, that's a good good point too right you want to lay these building blocks early in life so that they can talk to you at any point during their life and feel comfortable like you start early and then they hopefully they continue to do it when they hit their teens which is primarily when they're trying to like break free usually from the parental control yes would you say yes yeah no you're you're right i mean it starts at the at the youngest youngest age and i mean we talk about you know, teaching our children the right names for body parts and how mm-hmm. important that is in protecting them um, against abuse down the road because mm-hmm. it's a real deterrent for pedophiles when a child knows um, how to say that somebody touched their penis or their yeah. anus versus yeah. somebody just touched my bum. Yeah, yeah. Um, so those types of conversations can happen as early as they're learning words, right? Mm-hmm. To learn the proper words for their body parts. So we may do a future episode specifically on that. I feel um, very, yeah. you know, it's a very important topic. Just, you know, how to protect your children from uh, pedophiles and predators and how to, right. you know, educate them. Steps on, you can take to, you know, mitigate that happening, you know? Right. And it's uh, it's a really Mm-hmm. crappy scary world for kids so anything that we can do to arm them is all the better so so back to just talking again about just difficult topics in general um just laying the groundwork for them to feel comfortable to ask you questions so at, it's sort of you know at this age they're still very likely to come to you if they've heard about something frightening so if you've laid that groundwork their chances are they're going to come and ask you so you know kind of wait for the right moment uh wait you know if they can if they approach you make sure that you uh take the time and have sit down and have the conversation decide um you know how much do they want to discuss um if they don't bring it up uh don't feel that you have to broach uh difficult subjects until Mm -hmm. they ask you know Unless there's something, you know, imminent that's concerning. But just in general, a lot of times it's best for it to occur organically and for them to to start the conversation. Find out what they know. It's the same as when they're a younger age. Ask them what they've heard. Ask them if their friends at school have been talking about it. Right. Um, What are their friends saying? And that kind of gives you a bit of a, lays a groundwork or framework for where they're at already. And then you can build on that um, and maybe dispel some of the myths that they've heard and, and, uh, and sort of tailor your answer that way. Like you said, too, the, you'd be surprised at what they do know at earlier ages. Oh, I know. It's, it's insane. <laughs> we, were watching a, we were watching television and uh, uh, a Casino New Brunswick commercial came on. And yeah. so, of course, Huck saw that they were playing games and he wanted, he's like, let me go there and play games. And then I was trying to explain, you know, well, you have to pay money to play those games and it's for a chance to win money. And he's like, oh, that's great. You win money. And I'm like, well, but most times you spend more money than uh, you would ever win. And he's like, well, why does anybody go there? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, uh, I thought that's yeah, great. yeah, you're, good point. <laughs> Pretty logical conclusion, kid. 
You so, want to work here? <laughs> that was our discussion about gambling. Um, yeah. But but some, you never know when that type of conversation is going to come up, right? Mm-hmm. And we did talk about it. We did talk a little bit more about gambling and how there are people who have a hard time with not oh, stopping once yeah. they start playing those types of games. It's an and addiction. then other people can go and do and play just a little bit and have fun. We'll have to talk to him about addictions because he seems to have an addiction to his Pokemon cards. I know, which I do not even understand. Right. Anyway. <laughs> Another topic altogether. Um, Answer questions, you know, when they're 7 to 12, answer the questions simply and directly. Don't uh, don't over explain, you know, if if it could make them, if you feel it might make them more scared. But make sure that you answer the questions that do come up. Yeah. I have a tendency to over-explain with, with you our do. son sometimes. But you know what? You always answer the, the the heavier questions that he has. Like you, We try to answer every question he asks because how, how otherwise is he going to learn? He doesn't have like a nucleus of friends to learn from. Not until he gets to school, I guess. But you know. Right. Anyway, it's it's we are his, yeah. We're a source. We're a sounding board too, you know. So it's important as parents, you know, create a safe space for those types of discussion. Um, let them know that those topics are hard for even adults to talk about. But say, let's, you know, let's talk. Let them know that you're not going to get mad, that they should feel free to ask you whatever they want, yeah. um, that there's no reason to be embarrassed. You know, um, as, as with the whole stealing and comparing it to something in their world, give them some context um, or some circumstances around an issue so that they can understand it a little bit better. Some yeah. of this stuff can be pretty abstract. Like even the concept of addiction can be pretty abstract. Oh, yeah. But if you can bring it back to something like, you know how you love your Pokemon cards so yeah. much? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you're always asking us to play and we're not addicted, but you are. <laughs> Um, so an example, another example might be something around, like if it was a mass shooting, um, you could explain that the person who did the killing, uh, probably had problems in his brain that confused his thinking. Um, if it was race-based, you might say some people believe strongly that different colored skin people are better than others. Um, and without correct information, they sometimes do crimes yeah. based on that, thinking that they're justified, but that that's not right. Um, address their curiosity. So if they stumble across some grown-up material online... Um, not pornography. No, actually, the example is pornography. Oh, okay, then pornography. <laughs> they stumble across pornography, pornography. what happens? Um, like So if it's like online pornography. Well, I'll give you the exact... Yeah. The exact, uh, I guess, so you can explain that it's something that grown-ups sometimes look at. Some grown-ups look at it, um, but it's not about love or romance. It can, mm-hmm. And it, it, it's possible it can give you the wrong idea about sex. And if you want to learn more about sex, I can give you some books to look at and we can talk about it and, mm-hmm. and you can ask questions. But not at six. This is the seven to 12 age range. Okay. But I mean, kids can get pretty darn specific. They can, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they. Yeah, they'll ask. I remember being in sex ed class where they did the whole thing where you got to anonymously write questions on a piece of paper. Oh yes, and then what kind of questions? Te- your poor sex ed teacher had to answer it. Um, oh, they were just. I can't even say them, but oh. they're just awful, awful things. Really? <laughs> that would, yes. That I'm sure the kids just wrote just to. Embarrass. I do remember that. I distinctively remember that as well, but I don't remember. Not all of them were awful. I guess as I just kids, remember we the process. Yeah. Anyways, that just kind of popped into my head. <laughs> um, so yes, 
And, you know, let them know that if there's some serious topics that they want to explore, you know, help them do some research on, mm-hmm. into some good, you know, sources that are reliable. Um, you know, help them learn, you know, what about what current events uh, are taking place. Yeah. And uh, again, to be critical thinking and when they're reading that material and be sensitive to their emotions. You never know what's going to going to upset them. So. You know, you know, you can say, I feel angry when I know someone got hurt. How does that make you feel? Does that make you feel angry? Um, what, how are you feeling right now? Ask open ended questions, you know, ask them what, what did they hear? What did that make you think? Yeah. Why did you think that? Um, with older kids, you might say, do you think that family is right or wrong? Yeah. Do you think families from other backgrounds would view this the same way we did? Mm-hmm. Do you think that news media hypes up stories that people will pay attention to? Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that the story is getting too much airtime? Do you think it's getting too much play? So, again, encourage that critical thinking. And tell them during a really horrific event to look for the positives. And I've heard this a lot of a lot of times. Like, look for the people doing good. Yeah. You know, when look for the heroes the, in the moment. The Boston uh, bombing. Look for the people who are running around trying to help people and try to focus on the heroes. Yeah. Um, and then think about ways that we can help. You right. know, as as uh, as individuals in that situation. And then when kids become teens, they are much more engaged independently. Uh, they're they're interacting with it. You know, they're, they may be commenting on things. Um, they're going to hear a lot of difficult topics. And uh, so the important thing is just encourage open dialogue at that time. Let them know that they can ask questions. Tell them to test their opinions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you know that you may not agree on everything, but that you're still interested in what they have to say. And make them aware that their opinions and what they think is right could be, in fact, wrong. That's right. You know? That's right, honey. That's wrong. <laughs> that's right. No, that's wrong. Right. I mean, we, I think we. Yeah. I, I remember going through that period in my life. Oh when yeah, we well, thought you knew sudden, everything. Oh yeah, when you just started to, yeah. you're going through this oh, like. Uh, I'm still there. <laughs> anyway, like, a lot of times when kids hit university or you know, in post- you're not the boss and, of you, me. and they start doing uh, you know copious amounts of reading and really just their mind expands into a whole new world of days. ideas and thoughts and then they they do start to think that they know everything. Yeah. Um, but you know. Have have great good conversation. Ask them what do they think about police brutality. You know that might be a topic to bring up. Ask them what they know about it. Who do they think is at fault? Why do they think that person? Make them at focus fault? also on the pros and the cons of of an argument. Yes. You know, so that they can understand the negative and the positive aspects of every of every argument that they they find themselves in. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. It's important to understand where the other person's coming from, mm-hmm. right? When you're having that type of discussion and. Feel free to admit when you don't know something. I mean, I already, I do that all the time. I'm like, let's Google it because I don't know. I know. The only thing that I know is I know nothing. I believe it was Socrates that said that. (laughs) Sometimes it's the most simple things that I'm like, I get asked and I have no idea. And I feel like I'm just like, I probably should know the answer to this. Oh, I know. I know. I know. um, Anyway, it can be. Like so one, one day. I think Huxley asked, why are there so many different like kinds of clouds? I'm like, there just are. I don't know. They're just in the sky and they look differently and I don't know. Well, you, you got to ask that. I got to ask, when was the uh, first person born? Oh. 
That's a good How one. How long ago oh. were they alive at the same time as the dinosaurs? Oh yeah. Where did they live? Oh. What did they look like? Were they a boy or a girl? Wow. That was a very complicated discussion, mm-hmm. but I worked through it. You did it. <laughs> I worked you through did it. it. Um, let them consider how complex some of these difficult topics are. You know, again, teenagers are able to discuss social issues, politics, tradition, uh, all kinds of things. So, you know, have those conversations. It's great. They'll give you great insight. It's a great opportunity to share your own values with them. And, uh, you know, why you stand on particular issues, like when you're at a protest, why you yeah. might be at that protest and choose to hold up a sign and why you felt so strongly to speak out about that particular I think it's important, topic. too, to like, you know, let them know a little bit more about, yeah, like you said, how you think about things. And you could even teach them more about you as a person that they may not know, because like we like we know our our parents, but we don't really know like a lot about them like well, at least I don't like you know you do but you don't you know so the more you can teach them about you the, the stronger your bond will be and everything that's a great time to to let them know <clears throat> how you feel about different things mm. and, and why and what experiences in your own life shaped the ideas the values that you have mm-hmm. so teens can be really cynical they can also oh, yeah. be idealistic and one, you know, one of the great things this article sort of finishes with is that if anything is going to get better, it's this generation coming through that's going yeah, to do it. It's true. So we have to show them that we trust them to do the job and ask them things like, if Pass you were in charge, what would you do yeah. first to try to solve this issue and how would you do it? So hopefully that gave you some good ideas to start those hard conversations on difficult topics. Um, so get out there and have those hard conversations with your kids <laughs> or avoid them at all costs, whatever works, whatever works. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. Be sure to visit InfoQuench.com to subscribe and catch up on past episodes. You can also check out InfoQuench on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Till next time. time.